Welcome to Stories from a Scottish Island, Episode 1. Today I'm in the company of Heather McLeod, a good friend who is a musician and artist based in Whiting Bay on the Isle of Arran. If you're listening to this podcast on iTunes or any other download website, please visit www.storiesfromascottishisland for further material such as images, links, etc. that backs up this interview. So, coming up is my interview with musician and artist Heather MacLeod. That was lovely. Thank you very much. I'm here today uh, with my good friend Heather MacLeod. I also call her Heather the Harp. <laughs> to differentiate between one of my other very good friends on the island, another Heather. This is Stories from a Scottish Island by Joni Keane, and I'm delighted to be here today with, as I say, my good friend Heather. So I'm just going to ask Heather to tell you a few things about herself. Obviously, she's a very talented lady. She plays various instruments, especially the harp, and she's also a beautiful singer and a very talented artist. Just to start off with, Heather, tell the listeners how long you've lived on the island. Well, thank you very much, Jodie. <laughs> that makes me feel wonderful, actually. Um, I've lived on the island off and on. Uh, I had a gap in the middle of it. I moved over in my late 20s, and apart from 10 years up in the sky, I moved back. I've been here ever since, and I love it. I would never live anywhere else. I did enjoy living in Skye, but it's uh, it's a very different island to the to the Isle of Arran. Uh huh. And what what do you prefer about living on Arran to living in Skye? The weather, for a start. <laughs> it is different. I mean, my children were born in Skye, and at one point, the um, I thought my feet were going to web over. <laughs> on Skye, if it rains in the morning, it could be on for the next month. Whereas in Arden, it could brighten up later this afternoon. So you have a chance at a wee bit of sunshine, which is yeah. quite nice. But it's more, for me anyway, I mean, that sky's a beautiful island. And they do call it Ilinichio. It, it disappears in the mist. It's the Isle of Mist. But here, um, despite the weather, it's a spiritual feeling for me. I've just always loved this island. It speaks to me, if you like. Yeah. Uh, and the community is really strong. And being a small island, everybody kind of knows everybody else and looks out for everybody else, which is really lovely. Yeah, I like that. definitely, I agree with you. So, um, when you came back uh, to the island, to back to Aaron, what kind of life changes did you have to make in terms of like making a living and that kind of thing? Well, there were a lot of changes. Um, my husband, Les, was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, which obviously upset everything in our life you know you, you just sit down and think well what we're we going to do now so when we moved back to the island there were a lot of changes to be made because we were running a restaurant in Sky, which was very busy and he couldn't longer do that uh, so coming back with a very young family we had to review just everything really uh, but at least I knew if I was here with the community behind me and just how I felt about the island it was going to be a lot easier than anywhere else so um we did a few different things, you know, changed the roles of caregiver to the kids most of the day and eventually managed to get back into being self-sufficient between art, music uh, and my husband who now makes candles and just trying to res reschedule our life to work from home and fit in with everything else that we need to cope with. Yeah, 
I mean, I remember Les as a chef. He was head chef at the Okrani Hotel years ago, wasn't he? Yeah, I fell in love with him at that point because <laughs> he liked to cook at home as well. So I married him at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Clever girl. Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, and does he still do the cooking at home now? Uh, well, he does, he does, although he's happy if I do. I mean, even if I unwrap something, you know, from the, the co-op or somewhere like that, he's quite. He's, he's really easy to please uh, if somebody else does it. But, no, he does cook at home, and it's really nice. Yeah. I'm quite spoilt that way. So tell me about Les's candles. What does he do? What, are, what is that called? Is it Aaron candles? What's well, it's Aaron it? reflection candles, but we sell them through the Aaron studio which is our, our mini enterprise of artwork, music and, and candle making, I suppose. But what we've tried to do with the candles is bring them back to a local theme. So the candles uh, reflect the, the colours that we see in the landscapes in Aran and the scents we're hoping are reflecting that too. And we're using the labels for them are the silks that I paint, which are the Aran landscapes mostly. So it's, it's got a nice kind of local theme to it. Yeah, and it all ties in with your work as well. With the silks, yeah. yes. So tell the listeners about your silks because they're absolutely beautiful. I mean, I'm very fortunate because I'm sitting here looking at them. But for the people that are listening in, could you explain uh, the process of, of how you start with your silks? Well, I used to do silks a long, long time ago, many years ago. And you, you sometimes wonder why you stop doing something. I suppose you evolve into something else. Um, but somebody had asked me, they'd commissioned me to do a silk a few years back, and it just I'd forgotten the intensity, the colours you can get from the dyes. Mm. And depending on the, the weight of the silk itself, um, I mean, I tend to work with a Habitat 8, which is it's quite thin, but it's not too thick, so you can let the, the dyes run and, and work with them more. You, you know, you can play with it more. Um, but the colours are just so strong and the colours on the island are so powerful so it's the closest thing I think I, I can get to how I see it uh, the, the brightness and intensity of the of the island yeah. I can't get that with oil or with watercolour No. some people can can interpret it that way but for me it, it, it never worked so the silks, I've rediscovered painting in silk and I'm really, really enjoying it they're absolutely beautiful. I mean, the colours are, as you say, so vibrant. And also, I know that you do uh, prints of the silks. So, Well, the silk prints, uh, I, I, go, I get them done in Glasgow. I send the, the photographs away and get them printed in Glasgow and they come back. And they're a beautiful gicle prints. The quality of them is good and they're mounted in, in con uh, conservation mounts. So I haven't skimped on the prints. They're they're good quality yeah. and they, they are selling really well. People seem to really like them, which from my point of view is good. But I always crop it. If you buy an original, you get the whole picture. Yeah. If you buy a print, it's still a very good interpretation of it, but it's slightly different. I want I want the people who buy originals to feel they've got just a wee bit extra. Well, they have. They've got something very special, haven't they, if it's a one-off and mm -hmm. it's theirs. But you also have the advantage of being a very good picture framer so that you know that's a great thing that's another great wee talent you've got I, I learned a, a very long time ago uh, I used to go out with an artist in a very long time previous life and uh, the the biggest complaint was always when an exhibition came up the, the cost of framing so being able to frame your own pictures is a big bonus yeah. and I do frame other people's as well now and again so it's it's a handy a very handy skill to have 
Yeah. And you also do your uh, steampunk. Can you explain to the listeners what that entails? Because <laughs> I wouldn't know where to start with that one. Steampunk, I, it's a collage. It's more of a collage with bits. But it's... Um, both my girls, when they were in their teens, were, were obsessed with steampunk, which is actually a relatively modern term. It was it was in the sort of early 90s, late 80s, that steampunk came into being. And it's a, it's a concept of Jules Verne science fantasy meets Victorian and the ideas of computers and their technology hadn't developed the way it has, what things would look like. So in some ways it's a bit steampunky. It uses a lot of cogs and wheels and engine parts, but the it's more of a collage that I do with mainly musical instruments uh, and clock bits and engine parts. People tend to know the kind of things I'm looking for, so be it in the supermarket car park, you know, we'll do trades for things. If we're, you know, I find this that you'd really like in your artwork and, oh, I bro- I've got you this piece of my motorbike that you'd like in your artwork. It's quite quite funny. Uh, but I've, I've really enjoyed doing it and they are, they are fairly unique. There are people that are doing similar things but nothing quite like I'm doing. So it's, um, it's something I want to continue with. But you have to I flip between the, the light and the dark side of my art, and the darker side is definitely the steampunk. My next project uh, is going to be a, a stag's head, so I want to punk that ah. and see how that turns out. It's hitting the balance. You don't want it to look like something out of Terminator, so it's um, no. It's just something a wee bit different. That'll be a bit of a challenge for you. Well, one. it will, but I like a challenge, so <laughs> yeah. it'll, be, it'll be good. But the other thing I'd quite like to do with some of the works is put um, small processors in them that are maybe light or motion activated, so that if uh, if you walk past it, something will turn, a wee cog will turn, or something will happen with it. Mm. Uh, it gets a bit creepy if you start thinking, you know, if there's an eye in it, that it would blink. Although I, I have that creepy side to my nature that that, that amuses me. It does amuse <laughs> me quite a lot. Oh. So we'll see. Uh, well, I'm looking forward to seeing the stag's head. That'll be a, a, a new one. Well, they're, they're curing in the garden at the moment. I, I asked <laughs> a gamekeeper if he could find me one and he, he brought quite a few round. Interesting thing with the stag's heads, they're lying in the garden and I was having my coffee one morning when the sun was out in the decking and I could hear this strange tap, 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 tap noise. Um, and I looked at it and the squirrels were all over the, the antlers. <laughs> so I did a wee bit of research on it and from what I can gather, the squirrels get calcium from the antlers. Ah. So most of the antlers that have been curing in the garden are now all half eaten there's huge lumps out of oh them my goodness. and one of the tiny skulls that, that was they didn't have antlers but one of the, the tiny skulls they've actually carted off they've stolen it they've my stolen goodness. one of my skulls these little <laughs> red squirrels that we have here they're endangered species yeah well they, they're, they're certainly <laughs> there's di- more to them than meets the eye they're dining it? out in my future artwork <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't been quick enough to get the camera out to take a photograph because there's one there was a squirrel two squirrels one in either antler you know, munching their way through the antlers. <laughs> and I couldn't believe it. That's I couldn't, hilarious. I really couldn't believe it. It is quite amusing. Oh. So there must be, it's calcium or something that they can still get from it. Yeah, it uh-huh. must be. That's incredible. You're listening to Stories from a Scottish Island with Joni Keane. If you're listening on iTunes, it would be lovely if you would consider subscribing. Regardless of where you're listening to this podcast from, come over to www 
stories from a Scottish island where there is a lot more material that is relevant to this and my other podcasts. Well, the other thing I was going to ask you about um, was we just had the, the open studios last week or just at the end of the... Busy, busy weekend. Yeah. Busy weekend. And how did that go for you? It was really good. Lots Just of people to explain what the Open Studios is about and what how it started. It's been going for about eight or ten years. I'm not sure exactly how many years. Uh, I've been in it from the word go, and it's a it's a fabulous idea. The artists on the island that all work from home or their studios or like me sheds in the bottom of the garden. Um, they open up the studios for one weekend where anybody can come and visit. And it, it makes you tidy your studio up that part of the year. They definitely <laughs> a big, big massive clean-up. You can hear all the artists thinking, oh, good grief, I'm going to have to hoover or do something or make an effort. Yeah. Uh, but it's been really exciting because what happens is people are now coming over from the mainland for this weekend specifically to go around the studios in Arden, and there is a wealth of talent in this island. So many, so many artists, be it sculptors, jewellers, woodcarvers, it, it, the list is endless. And the talent is is phenomenal. You know, people tucked up wee, wee areas in the island that you didn't even know existed until the open studios. And there's, there's people working away producing this fabulous stuff uh-huh. uh, there's so many on the island and a lot of them are really quite well known in the mainland some of them aren't craftspeople too can be part of the open studios mm. you know you've got knitters weavers uh, different different people producing things so people come in, and this year in particular has been the busiest one I think we've ever had yeah. and as you can see from my wee studio there's not a lot of room in here <laughs> and the first day was particularly wet and I was so encouraged that people weren't driving around them all, they were parking the car in the village and walking up the hill and going round all the different all the studios are numbered and yeah. walking from one to the other so they were quite wet but all very cheerful and they come in, they squeeze in and have a look and they talk about your work but it's very encouraging because the feedback is so positive. So from an artist's point of view, it's really nice to know that people appreciate what you're doing and understand. Or you can you can talk. Some artists come over to the island and you can compare what they do or how they, they do their work. Because uh, one, one um, textile artist, not so much on painting and silk, but on working with fabrics, and we had a long discussion about different techniques, so both of us were sparked up by yeah. what I was doing. So it's a fantastic weekend. And obviously you managed to sell a few pieces, or you know, you, 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 you introduced them to your website or your web shop, so that, that's always a very positive thing. Yeah. But it's been a really, really good weekend. Yeah, I think for some of the artists it must, you know, be in a, a more remote spot on the island, it must be nice to have more people around. But for you, Heather, you've always got people around because you teach music as well, don't you? You teach the harp. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> as, a, as a whole different ball game. Uh, I did do a, a, a Dare to be Teachers course at the Edinburgh Heart Festival. They encourage people to teach and to, to promote the Clarsac. I mean, the Clarsac Society is all about the you know, introducing people to the harp. But it's not always that easy to get your hands on a harp. So, um, yes, I, t- I teach beginners harp, and it's been great because a lot of people, I thought it would maybe they'd have a go and then disappear, but 
and some of them I've had for over a year now and they're they're just flourishing it's fantastic and they're going out to sessions and performing and that that makes me very happy they work very hard for it yeah but it's it is part of the Clarsac Society to promote the instrument and to encourage people to take it up to listen to it and to understand the history of the harp because it's a fabulous instrument oh it's beautiful I mean not just it doesn't just sound beautiful it looks beautiful yeah, it's a big piece of furniture to lug about. <laughs> you know, when you go to gigs, you, you need help sometimes to get in and outdoors, but it's uh, it's always appreciated. It yeah. is always appreciated. And I love the, the practice harps that you bought. Um, well, the small ones, are, are they're not so intimidating. Uh, they're only 20-string harps, and they've got no levers on them, so you can't change keys unless you detune them. But the nice thing about them is that, from a beginner's point of view, they're not so terrifying. Yes, yeah. and they're lightweight because I do have some elderly pupils that don't want anything too heavy to carry, or you know that they're not faced with the, with the weight or the you know the levers or anything too scary. But the um, after about six weeks to eight weeks, they're already eyeing up bigger harps with levers. <laughs> they get confident very quickly, and they're all working so hard. And I'm really astonished at how fast they're coming on I'm going to have to watch, they're going to be coming up behind me and taking <laughs> over my gigs <laughs> And how are the gigs going this year? How Gigs are good, uh, the The whole music scene in Arden is changing uh, it used to be very vibrant, I mean a lot of people were playing in the island years ago when I first moved here and then it, it kind of fizzled out a wee bit there weren't so many venues and people weren't performing the same but the past few years, certainly, a lot of it to do with... Um, I would actually say a lot to do with Donald Boyle and Fiddlers and Brodick, who has encouraged music. I mean, he set up the, the music bar and he's encouraging musicians to go out and play. And obviously with himself being a fine musician and a fiddler, uh, he's he's really kick-started, I think, the music on the island again. And there's more and more people coming out to perform, which is great, and more and more venues opening up to let people perform and it's fabulous because it's it's just opening up all the genres it's not just folk sessions that are happening you know we have like yourself you know performing jazz and singing it's it's great for for people to be able to come in and hear that uh, and hear different different things there's bluegrass music there's all sorts of music and some really good musicians on the island yeah uh, so from my point of view it's, it's it's really really good yes I agree with you I think Donald's been inspirational to a lot of people you know and to actually be committed to putting on gigs even three nights a week it's quite a big commitment for a small venue as he has in Fiddler's and in Coast. And, I mean, he's he's really put his heart and soul into this, uh -huh. and it's working. It's working really, really well, so I'm pleased for him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Donald's, Donald's a big inspiration to me. He's been so encouraging, you know, trying to bring on my heart playing and even inviting me into the, the Anne Cayley band, which was a, a, a big honour and a big privilege, and we're still going, uh, which is actually quite commendable. That's three and a half years where we're still... <laughs> plodding on there with music and it's great fun uh -huh. and it's a traditional Cayley band in the sense that it's got songs and tunes and dance music and stories, step dancing it's it's the whole package of what a Cayley is, a Cayley is a gathering it's not just about dancing and that was Donald's ethos of the band from the word go and hopefully you know, people are enjoying that. They're really enjoying the, the vibe from that. Yeah. It's good. No, it is great to have a proper Cayley band on the island, isn't it? 
It's wonderful because there is always a need for it, whether it's a wedding or just a gathering of any kind. Weddings can be stressful, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But they're good fun. They are good. And, I mean, we've played a few weddings recently and everyone's had a really good time. And that that makes you feel it's something positive that you're doing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I also play with Stuart the Piper, and we do we do the actual walk down the aisle part, you know, the ceremony part of the wedding, oh, which is, is really nice. I've never experienced that. I'd like to, I'd like to be a fly in the wall at that one. That well, I mean, nice. the, the harp even gets decorated. I have a nice garland that goes in front Aww. of the harp, and we, we dress up for the occasion. And it's it's a very special moment because uh-huh. you're part of something really intimate when you're playing beside the bride and groom. It is a it's a very intimate experience. Yeah. It's lovely. It's really nice. And what about your other musical collaboration, a, a new one that you have? My, my Fat Man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so, it's so cool. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, John Van Bacharayan is a, a phenomenal percussionist, and I don't even know how it started. I think I headhunted him. He will say I headhunted him. Um, but I had, uh, I've got an electro harp with some pedals on it, like Wawa and Delay and Chorus and a few others, and it's growing. Um, so we tried to do a, just a different set and do some different things from Nina Simone, still doing some of the folk stuff, Diggy McLean and a wee bit of Pink Floyd thrown in now and again. <laughs> and there's just no end to it. There's no, there's no genre, genre boundaries. We're just playing what we want and having really good fun with it. And I have to say his percussion set is growing. That he's, he's got a full van load of stuff now that he has to <laughs> unload. But it's, it's a fantastic combination. It's worked really, really well. And it's people... great. I mean, everyone loves it. Everyone that I know that's heard it. And I'm one of them. I'm, I'm a big fan of the two of you. So. Fat Man and the Angel. <laughs> and you both look like you're really enjoying it. It's no. a it's a lot of fun. It's uh-huh. an awful lot of fun, and it's not something that it's kind of evolved. It has evolved, but uh, we're both having a lot of fun fun with it. And even people that that are normally very traditional lovers of music have come round and said that was creative, interesting, <laughs> different, and they've enjoyed it. So that's the main thing. It's about it's it's about enjoyment. You've got to enjoy it. Or it won't work. No, that's uh, right. So yes, so kept quite busy with the music at the moment. It's it's a lot of fun. How much of your time do you think you spend doing music, and how much doing your artwork? Is it kind of fifty fifty or? It's almost fifty fifty at the moment. At the moment, I think it is fifty fifty, which is fantastic. I wake up in the morning, and the two things I love most, you know, in in to make a living, uh, I'm doing, and it's it's fabulous. That's good. You know, living on the island and. Uh, you know, playing music and creating art. I don't think it could get much better than that. Um, well, with a husband who cooks. <laughs> you know, that's, that's a, there's, a, there's a fantastic recipe there. Yeah. You know, I, I wake up smiling in the morning. <laughs> good. That's good. Well, I, um, I'm i going to ask you to play us out now because I've thoroughly enjoyed talking to you, as I always do. <laughs> uh, as uh, you know, we all usually we can't shut up when we get together, and that's usually on our walks, isn't it? We... Oh, fabulous walks! Uh-huh. You know, and the, I call it my back garden. I've got Glen Ashdale Falls as my back garden. Yeah. You know, two minutes out my door, and I'm I'm already on the you know one of the top ten walks in Britain. Yeah. And it's it's stunning, and there's lots of them on the island, as you and I both know, because we've done quite a few of them. <laughs> yeah. You know. Uh, uh, yeah, and people head up to Sky. Uh, all these people that have heard of Sky that haven't heard of Aaron, and some people that just live across the water in Ayrshire that haven't been to Aaron. I can't understand that. 
And they but must look at it every day. I think all the islands have something to offer. I mean, Skye is, is an awesome island. Oh, it's beautiful. It's not an island you can do in a day. No. It's a lot bigger than more, most people realise. Yeah. But it's, again, it has a very strong community. But it's further flung. The, the villages are smaller and, you know, everything... A lot of things are a 50-mile round trip on Skye. But it doesn't stop it being a fabulous island. Yeah. You know, and the culture there is, is really strong, uh-huh. which is lovely. You know, and the yeah. Gaelic, there's a lot of Gaelic obviously still on the island. Yeah. And um, Although the Gaelic in Arden is, is thriving. More and more people are starting to learn Gaelic. Yes. Uh, there's been... I'm, I'm not a great Gaelic speaker. I have a little bit of Gaelic, and I like the Gaelic songs. Yes. But uh, I love to listen to it. I can't speak it, but I do love listening yeah. to it. Well, it's that, almost got a kind of musical... Uh, rhythm to it, hasn't it? It's, it has, and and even in the hymn singing, you know, the the, the Hebridean hymns have their timings are so it's almost got a delay on it when they're singing. Yeah. It's it's haunting. It is. For want of a better word, it has a haunting it's feel. Kind of otherworldly, isn't it? Just just a wee bit. Yeah. It is. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure being here with you and this lovely studio that. Les made for you? Yes, he did. He he inherited the washing machine and the tumble dryer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got the wonderful lined and insulated studio. <laughs> it's absolutely beautiful. And I'm just going to ask Heather to play another nice little tune for us to play us out. And just to say thank you once again to you for oh, thank you. sharing it's been, your, it's been your wonderful life with us. fascinating insight into the often solitary world of an artist and musician. I would urge you to come over to www.storiesfromascottishisland to see Heather's artwork for yourself. It really is stunning. Just to mention, I'm using Heather's music on all my podcasts, intros and outros. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you have, please email or comment on my blog and please add a review to the iTunes feed. Finally, don't be shy and share if you can on any of your social media. My next podcast features an amazing person that I'm sure you'll find incredibly interesting. So until we meet again, it's bye from me, Joni Keane.